This is Power for Living, the Bible teaching ministry of Christ the King Church in Wakefield, Massachusetts. I'm your host, Feliciano Segundo, and our teacher is Father Michael Carl. So get all your Bibles and let's get started. In our teaching time today, we are going to go over the Hebrews passage and looking at it verse by verse. Now it starts out, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Which means, more or less, the writer is telling us, God spoke it into existence from nothing. And so that blows the mind, and that's awesome right there, to think that our God could create something from nothing, just by speaking the word and having it happen. Now, what we saw before in chapter 10 was that we are to persevere, chapter 10, verse 36, live by faith, chapter 10, verse 38, and 1039, we believe and are saved by faith alone. Now, most people think that Hebrews 11.1 1 is a definition of faith. See, because it says, now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Well, actually, what this describes more clearly is the result of faith. See, what we have when we have faith is we have the assurance. It gives us something to hold on to. Faith brings us to the place where we can believe that God can indeed bring something about even when it's not visible. Where we can believe like Abraham for something that is before it was. Does that make sense? You can just kind of in your faith imagine that it's not imagine, but believe that it has been done. And it's the substance we can grab hold of. It's a conviction, something to be believed. Now, commentators go on and on and on about the meaning of this passage. And is faith a feeling of being sure? Or is it the substance or content of our hope? However, the author is not trying to define faith per se, as we just said, but to describe one of the results it has in our lives. His point is that faith means believing and acting on something we cannot see. This is the quality of faith that the author especially wants the readers to imitate. And from the very beginning to the present moment, faith is needed do we all agree that we need faith on a day-to-day -day basis? Okay. Creation itself shows that just because something can't be seen does not mean that it won't happen. Now, when people are debating, you know, evolution versus creation, frequently they'll say something like, well, it's here. And we should respond, the Christian defending the faith should say, well, that is basically a nonsense statement. We're not debating the fact that it's here. We're debating on how it got here. 
And so that's where our faith comes in, knowing that God, in His power, in His majesty, in His glory, created this universe, all of it, millions and millions of stars and all these other things, from nothing. Because He just said, let there be, and there it was. Now, Abraham, well, no, let's keep going here. The Old Testament saints give the example. They believed for things they did not see. Creation is good as a good example of that because it's here and we know God did it and he made it from stuff that wasn't visible. I remember in my freshman zoology class, my professor tried to explain evolution and the Big Bang and he said, in the beginning, you know, and we think, oh yeah, he's going to get scriptural here. Now far from it. He said there was carbon, hydrogen, nitrogen, and oxygen, and they were just kind of floating around out there. And all of a sudden, one day, they came together, and bang, here it was. And the, my whole class, this was in Texas, mind you, the whole class went, say what? Because he didn't bother to explain how carbon, hydrogen, nitrogen, and oxygen got there, and how, when there's a void and nothing, where they came from or how they didn't come together or did come together or some other random purpose of that. So we know that the universe is here. We can see it. We can feel it. And we can just know that God is faithful to his promise because he made it from nothing. Okay, now let's go forward to verse 8. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And when he went out, not knowing where he was going, by faith, he went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. Think about this. Abraham came from Ur in Chaldea, or what we know today as present-day Iraq or Iran, one of the two, somewhere around in there. Now, bear in mind that Abraham barely knew who the Lord was, because that culture at the time was worshiping moon gods and all these other things. So here's the Lord, and he comes to Abraham and says, Abraham... I want you to pick up your family and take off, and I'll show you where you're going. Don't worry, you know, I'll let you know. So Abraham barely knew God, but what did he do? He went. Now, that took faith, because he was going to cross the desert, and he had no globe, there were no maps, he certainly didn't have GPS, he couldn't hook up his GPS on his camel and get it going. So he tread across this desert, not knowing where he was going, but just believing the Lord and the Lord's promise. So there he goes. And wow, you just think about how amazing that is, because Abraham is a very fitting example of faith to follow along in the example of. Just as Noah had nothing but the word of God's promise. Think about that. Noah, build an ark. Okay. Because it's going to rain. 
And Noah would likely have said, rain? What's that? Because the scriptures tell us there hadn't been any. The earth was watered by this mist that's there. So Noah goes ahead and builds the ark. Well, so having heard the story, I'm sure Abraham goes and he believes and he takes off. He had nothing but the word of God's promise to move him to believe the Lord and go to the promised land. Hebrews 11.8 is based on Genesis 12, 1 through 9, where we read that Abraham believed God's promise to give him the land and thus moved from Ur to Canaan. Abraham did not know where he was going. Let's make sure we really get that straight. He was following God's direction. Genesis 12 tells us that God did not tell Abraham the name of the land he was going to give him, but only that he would show it to the patriarch. Moreover, Abraham barely knew God when he was called to leave Ur. He certainly had no experience yet of the Lord's keeping the promise made to him. Think about that. He had never had the Lord promise him anything before. So he had nothing to go on except just believing the Lord. All Abraham had, again, was the word of God's promise. But for him, apparently, that was enough. He trusted the Lord and showed that trust, that trust by obeying God's call. So, it was just God. He just believed. He believed in that promise that he was going to be given. Hebrews 11, 9 through 10 notes that Abraham was happy to live as a temporary resident in Canaan. This reflects the fact that while Abraham made many mistakes, he never complained about not taking full possession of the land. The only thing he did when he was in front of the Lord in the Lord's presence was plead the cause of Sodom and Gomorrah. He had no context for believing what he was going to do. However, there were a few lapses, like when he went down to Egypt and said, tell them you're my sister. And then all kinds of plagues came on the Egyptians, and the Pharaoh calls in Abraham and said, what have you done to me? Get out of here. Take your wife and your family and all your stuff and go. So he did. Now, Abraham understood that it was but a foretaste of what was to come. The city that has foundations whose builder or designer and builder is God. This was a city he couldn't see, mostly because it wasn't there yet. He trusted the Lord to bring it. With Abraham, we today are waiting for this city, which is the new Jerusalem, that will come down from heaven at the return of Christ. Now, Sarah, in verse 11, it says... By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive even when she was past the age since she considered him faithful who had promised. Well, yeah, but remember in Genesis 18 when she heard the thing about her having a baby, she laughed? Like, ha, 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 yeah, right, you know. But apparently she grabbed hold of that promise because she had seen Abraham, her husband, at work following God's direction. So by having a godly example, she was able then to believe, and then God fulfilled the promise. Isaac, whose name means laughter, was born. But this was after 
Sarah tried to help God out by giving Abraham her maid Hagar first. And remember, let's not do that. Let's not compromise because we see the results of what happens when you try to help out God. You may have an Ishmael and the Ishmael may grow up, but you've got all of his dirty diapers along the way. When we try to help God out, it doesn't work. Sarah eventually then did, because of Abraham's example, believe the promise, and they conceived together and had Isaac. Now, they did it in faith, and again, Abraham believed for something that wasn't there yet as if it was. We read that in Romans 4.17. They didn't look back, verse 15 says, Let's see, if they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. This verse is amazing because it backs up and verifies Luke 9.62, where it says, No one, after putting his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. And we have another example of Lot's wife, who looked back at what she was leaving and what happened to her? She became a pillar of salt. And so, when God calls us, don't look back. You'll be tempted to want to return where you came from. But the point we need to remember about Abraham is that he actually did it. He went and did what God told him to do. And he didn't doubt once that put his saddle on his camel and headed out from Haran, Haran to Canaan, he didn't look back. He didn't say, oh man, I wish I hadn't left there. We were in high society. I was wealthy. We were looked up to as being rich and all that. And we had just so much back there. He didn't do that. He went and he trusted God. And as we say, the rest is history. And we are here today in this sanctuary because of Abraham's obedience. Amen? Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's edition of Power for Living. If you happen to miss any of our other programs, be sure to go to our podcast page at ChristTheKingNorthShore.Podbean.com. And you can also visit our website at www.ctknorthshore.org. If this program has been a blessing, feel free to let us know. Write us at Power for Living, Care of Christ the King Church, 4 Railroad Avenue, Suite 309 in Wakefield, Massachusetts, 01880. Or you can also send us an email at ChristTheKingNorthShore at gmail.com. You can be a part of this gospel ministry by becoming a patron of Power for Living. You can find out how by clicking the Become a Patron button at the top of our podcast page. That's it for this week, and until next time, remember that Jesus is your power for living.